is a Bulldog Radio podcast. The Ferris State Bulldogs have upset the nation's number two ranked team. Wide open! Taylor is going to take this one to the house! Touchdown Bulldogs! Hey, 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 it's another day on the MBSP. Welcome in, everybody, to this special early morning episode. Brandon Worth, Joe Nagy, as always, on the mics. And we're we're out here, Joe. We're making it happen for the people. We're trying. It's, what is it, 8.22 a.m. on this Thursday morning. I'm, we usually record at, like, 2.30 in the afternoon, so usually I'm awake by then. I'm not used to these early mornings, Brandon. Be, <laughs> it's going to be tough, I'll tell you that much. It's going to be tough. Yeah, we're still we're tough human beings. We're gonna get the job done. Absolutely, we moving are. all of our show production from yesterday afternoon to this morning to make this very special episode happen. We got a great guest, Claire Nowicki's gonna join us here from Ferris State huge, Volleyball momentarily, huge program. and gonna be a great interview with her. We'll recap all the craziness that happened this weekend. Yes, we will dive into Anchor Bone, and we'll talk about how. Uh, our streak, unfortunately, came to an end, as well as all the other great things that happened this weekend in Ferris Athletics. And then to wrap up the show, we go back to Joe's underrated sports list. He gave me the pick this week, and let me tell you. It's a gift. Yeah. Is it a gift? Oh, I appreciate gift. that. I mean, Christmas is only two months away, believe it yeah. or not. Isn't that crazy? Happy late birthday present. Oh, I appreciate that. It's like six months or so, but, you know, I appreciate it. It's so, a birthday present regardless. Yeah, there we go. So let's just say uh, I hit the target. When choosing, oh, I like one. that. Oh, like you might that. have got it, but I like that. So you're gonna have to stay tuned later for that. But without further ado, let's swing to the interview. Now joined in studio, Claire Nowicki of Ferris State Volleyball has joined us. Claire, welcome to the show. Hi, thank you for having me. Claire, thanks for coming on. Uh, won the Gleak Player of the Week honoree for the two second time this year. You know, picking up that honor week four in this past week. You know, what's that like to be able to, you know, win that? What's that mean to you? What's that mean for the team? So I was really surprised because as a player, like, I try not to look at my stats while I play because obviously I'll be just thinking about that one error on that one play and stuff like that. And on day one, I noticed that another girl in the conference had like 35 kills. And I was like, wow, like she's going to get this like role. Like she's killing it. And then when I saw I got player of the week, I was like, what? Like I had <laughs> I had no idea. And then, you know, I tend to lose track of like all my successes. And I was just really happy to see that because I also read the article of what I did well. And I had no idea like whatsoever. I didn't know that I hit like a 500 and it was just really cool opportunity. Yeah. yeah. yeah I can personally say winning Gleak runner of the week, week one, I was not prepared for yeah. that whatsoever. So no, that's really cool. Uh, but you guys coming off of a pretty good performance at the uh, Midwest crossover in Hammond, uh, winning the two games, obviously falling in the championship. What were you guys overall thoughts as a team and you individually this weekend? Um, So we take this loss as an obstacle and it's an obstacle that we're just going to learn from and you know, we take these opportunities to just learn and see what other teams did really well, and we're going to take those things too. So, I don't know, we had a good opponent that took a lot of good swings at us, and we're like, wow, why don't we implement like those things into our gameplay? So, we're just going to try to implement some things that we saw that was really well, and, you know, there's a lot of good and a lot of bad, and it's just a learning opportunity. For sure. Mm-hmm. And a lot of those teams, uh, you know, were in the regional finals and stuff like that last year. I know Coach Tia talks about being in the now and not looking too far ahead in just the game uh, that's coming up this week, but, you know, what's that like to be able to get a good look at some of those teams that you might see later on? You know, we're just going to learn from the game, and obviously they scout us really well, so we know that they're going to try to do things that, you know, work for beating us and we're going to try to do things that beat them and we're just going to be a game of scouts and you know who wins the knowledge game pretty much for sure yeah there's so much that you can bring from last year's experience too and uh, for you especially uh, coming into a program with a lot of firepower with uh, some great players like Katie O'Connell Samantha Herman last year uh, what were you able to learn from them and now implement um, with a lot of the teammates that you have uh, in especially a very talented outside hitter group yeah, Katie O'Connell brought like a level of we all call it swag. Like she was like awesome. <laughs> like she she was so cool and she was so calm and collected. She was like the eye of the hurricane. Like you can always like rely on Katie. And so when Tia was telling me like in the spring that I would probably hit right side this year cuz I was usually an outside. Um I was like these are going to be big roles to fill and I just need to be there for it because I mean we're a young team and who else will, you know. So it was pretty cool and there's a lot to learn from Katie, so 
just taking that and I'm always learning from Katie like Tia will always reference like Katie will start inside and like tell me all these different things that worked well and like you know it's okay Katie didn't do this till she was a junior type thing so Mm, I mean it's really cool that she can compare me to Katie but I'm also learning to be my own person and like my own player itself. For sure. For sure. It's good to have kind of that blueprint to go yeah. off of. And speaking of, you know, having such a young team, you know, what's that like for, you know, you and the other sophomores to step up, you know, kind of, you know, last year having Katie in those kind of leadership roles and stuff, you know, what did you kind of learn from them and, you know, implementing that into being more of a veteran on this team? Um, so our coach Tia picks like one player per class to like represent the leadership role. And so what was also like voted upon the teammates. So like, there's a there's a representative from freshman, sophomore, whatever. And so I'm the sophomore representative and we all meet once a week about what's going on. You know, we have a term called poop in the fish tank, like who's pooping <laughs> in the fish tank right now and how do we clean it? And sometimes it's OK, you know, if there's some of that crud in there because it just makes the team stronger. And mm-hmm. like you don't always have to be unified. You can be conflicted sometimes. And that shows that we're OK to like talk to each other and confront each other. But I don't know. We just have we're all stepping up. And it's as a freshman, I was like scared to say some things. But now I feel like I have some authority because I'm a sophomore and now I play. And I don't know. It's just like a really we just talk once a week and we got we I don't know, discuss everything (laughs) for sure. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's I think that's well needed for teammates to get together and kind of dissect because I feel like coaches too have they have a lot of things that they they notice and, and stuff like that. But like off the court you guys are hanging out all the time you know like uh when like obviously being a college athlete is very hard enough with school and everything so i think that's very cool but uh with the team overall we've seen a lot of uh, great performances and great seasons over the last year what have you seen um and what would you identify as like wow ferris state does this i think better than anybody in the conference yeah we have a mentor i don't know if track has it too but his name's danny Mm -hmm. and he's awesome he says that you know Walmart's the cheapest, Target's the trendiest, what is your ist? And we sat down in the spring, we're like, what do we fight for? Like, what is our ist? And we told each other, like, we're the willingest team. Like, we're willing to fight after any ball. We're willing to fight, you know, through the ugly. And we're willing to just get the dub, whatever it takes. Yeah, is this Danny Hunt? Yeah. Also, oh, yeah. I love Danny. I've worked with him in the past. Yeah, He's I a great Danny. guy. Great guy. Yeah, that's such a cool approach to take. But uh, when the team traveled to Grand Valley, soccer team was in attendance, which was really cool to see. You know, how cool is that, you know, for the athletic programs to, you know, support each other and to be able to have that support kind of when uh, you not only you're going to a place like that, but, you know, at home, you're really packing the stands. It was awesome. I mean, it's always great to have that support system. And, you know, they're just another we take that energy. And even if it's like opposing us, like Hillsdale does like a really good job of like chirping us. We just take that energy. We're like. We're just going to consume it no matter if it's like against us or towards us. It's energy and we need it. And same thing goes for when they're actually cheering for us, like at that Grand Valley game, you know, that energy is awesome and we needed it. And even bands like when Michigan Tech has their band playing, we're always just using whatever their take and we're just going with it rolling with the punches yeah always with their their checkered suspenders yeah up yeah. there I'm like, yeah they always bring it but uh, you guys have traveled uh, all over so far this season a lot of long road trips you guys are heading to wisconsin this weekend uh, what are some of the things that you do in preparation for the long bus rides and uh kind of have a routine as far as like do you like to listen to music do you like listening to or watching movies or anything like that or does the team do anything together to make those trips uh, a lot more easier um yeah usually before we all fall asleep we our coach puts on like a movie and she says like phones away. But sometimes like the we kind of lose track of the movie and we end up talking and playing games, not like card games, which is even better than watching a movie, mm. I think. So we sort of do our own thing. We're like the front of the bus sometimes likes to connect to the big speaker and the mm-hmm. microphone and start doing karaoke. <laughs> oh, and nice. Bus driver's not too happy with it, but <laughs> it's awesome. I don't know. We just we, have, we always find ways to have fun, even if it's like after a loss, we the bus ride's always silent for like an hour. But then we just, you know, right back in the swing of things, you can't grieve for that long. But mm. what's been probably the worst bus ride that you ever had? Uh, last year when we were in Marquette and the um, Mackinac Bridge was like iced over oh, and yeah, the bus ride tough. turned into like 13 hours, Yikes. got back at like 3 a.m., that's yeah, tough. I had to walk through the ice arena all the way around. And 
You're just like, I just want to go to bed. <laughs> yeah. I just want to sleep. <laughs> I just want a pillow on a blanket. I'll sleep anywhere. That's yeah. exactly how it For was. For sure. But uh, you had a standout career at uh, Clarkston. Uh, I mean, you saw a lot of great success there, all state and all of those honorees. Uh, what, have, what ended up bringing you uh, to Ferris State? The optometry program really okay. caught my eye. So I was looking all over and COVID kind of hit. So it was weird because offers were like, hey, you no longer have four years. I'm going to give you two years because uh, super seniors going to come back because of their COVID year. So sort of like lost some opportunities with that. But, you know, I looked into Ferris and I saw they had an optometry program and I was really interested in that um, after I saw that they had the optometry program. And plus, you know, Coach Tia has like a really winning program and just Ferris State itself is very competitive. And so is the GLIAC. For sure. Last question for you here. We ask everybody on the show, you know, what's your favorite part about being a part of the Ferris State Bulldog Volleyball team? I say the culture. We do a really good job of like being one team. We have one goal. We just, we're always together and it's, it's never an I problem. It's a we. Mm-hmm. Interesting. That's very cool. Well, Claire, thank you so much for joining us and we wish you the best of luck on this big slate this weekend. Thank you for having me. <laughs> Once again, huge thanks to Claire for coming on the show, taking a break out of her busy schedule. Come talk to us. I uh, really appreciate that. I really appreciate all the athletes who take time out of their schedule to come on the show. It's always a blast talking to them. But hopping into the Fair State Sports Report, we'll start with volleyball. Brandon, uh, quick little trip down to Hamden, Indiana last weekend for the Midwest Regional Crossover on Friday, one against Cedarville, one against Rockhurst, and then the following day uh, on Saturday, lost to Lewis in one of the final games, I think, uh, it was a good showing all around. Only only lost four sets. Only lost one set in the first day, but four overall. What were we seeing, Brandon? Yeah, we saw a lot of good things. I mean, overall, the team, uh, to my mind, played pretty well. Uh, did a lot of great things. I mean, being able to get to the, the championship match, certainly. Uh, got the job done on Friday with big wins against Cedarville and Rockhurst. Uh, played really well there. Um, and then we fell to Lewis in the championship game, um, which happens. I mean, it happens. Now, you can't win every game, unfortunately. Um, sometimes you can, and but more times than not, you can't. But uh, a lot of good things that we saw. Uh, I mean, the offense looked pretty solid overall throughout the entirety of the weekend. Um, a lot of great efficiencies offensively. Um, and I think the biggest thing really, like just highlighting the Lewis game, um, at least that I found kind of looking back at the recap of this game, is there was some... Uh, some momentums that went uh, to the Flyers' favor where they got four or five points um, in a couple stretches, but they kind of kept chunking away three to R2 or R1, and that just kind of mounted up over time. And, I mean, uh, it's definitely one of those situations in volleyball where it's really it can go to the hot hand, and you can really make uh, these big comebacks uh, really riding off of an offensive player or a set of offensive players. And, uh, for sure, Claire was one of them, um, as well as Livy Henneman DeLape was – uh, also very efficient as well. Um, but I thought we saw a lot of great things uh, from this offense overall. Uh, I think that one of the other biggest things too was there was a couple times that I noticed um, looking back at the the play-by-play and stuff like that where it just didn't seem like we ever got um, – we just never really got some opportunities prime um, where they kind of got on the, the attack mode a lot of the time and they were able to counter convert um, on a lot of those opportunities. So uh, just didn't quite get our, our, our really star studded offensive front a lot of opportunities. Um, and Lewis definitely, especially uh, in that second set, was able to take advantage. Even though it was kind of a sluggish set overall, uh, they got the more opportunities and they were able to convert um, with those more attempts. So, I mean, because really throughout the stat sheet, it was a really tight match. I mean, you can it was see that close only, for everything. Yeah, only losing by two each set. Um, even though it looked like it, I mean, I first mean, set was thirty-one to twenty-nine. Yeah, holy it was crap! Absolute dogfight, and that's a really hard thing out of the gate when you have that long of a set. And then that's the first one. Usually you see that from set four, set five, where mm-hmm. you're kind of in that mode of like, yeah, we're already to the end. Like, it's let's grind, keep going. Man. Where the the first set, if you get that, it's like, oh, oh, man. Okay, now we got to play potentially four more sets after this. And that's going to be a little taxing. But overall, a lot of good. I know, obviously, they would love to come home with the chip. But obviously, got to see a, a good Lewis team that uh, if we make it to the regional tournament, uh, will certainly be in that mix and could be a team that we'll face yet again. Yeah, for sure. That's what I was about to say is, I mean, Rockers was a team, too, that made the regional tournament. We saw yep. them last year, beat them. And Lewis was a team that we might have saw. We ended up playing, uh, what is it, U- 
Missouri St. Louis yep. instead. Uh, they took on each other. But this was a very valuable uh, tournament, especially seeing a lot of teams in the region that, you know, you know, are very successful and are going to be able to see uh, later on in the year. But, you know, it was really good to see. I mean, we had really great hit percentages throughout, um, and especially with Claire getting Player of the Week honorees for for the Gleak. Shout out. Really huge. Kaylee Mott as well getting her, what, fifth or something this Shout year. Shout out. Yep. It's basically just clockwork at this point. <laughs> it's basically just clockwork. It is clockwork. They're doing some great things, and I think there was a lot of great performances all across the board. Um, and it's going to be really carrying over to Thursday. Um, they're going to be at home, 7 o'clock, be there, be square uh, against Wayne State. Uh, it'll be a good match for sure. Wayne State was a team um, that we faced off with uh, last year very competitively earlier this season in early September um, down in Detroit. is a five-set thriller. Um, so you're going to be you're gonna want to watch this game. It's going to be really fun to see uh, taking on the Warriors as well as they'll mm-hmm. play Parkside and Lake Superior State Saturday and Monday. A little, a little bit, bit of a yeah, interesting say, a schedule. Bit, a little bit tossing of a schedule. Yeah, but you have two or a day in between the two instead of just. It'll be weird. Not gonna lie. It it'll is be a little weird working. It it's is a little weird. Week. Yeah, five days straight for me and Joe over this next weekend. Oof, Pretty paychecks oof. coming our way. Though. That That's is true. Sure. That is That's true. Sure. Um. So yeah, we'll cover. It'll certainly be a, a great match coming up uh, against Wayne for sure. Um, we'll preview Parkside and Lake Superior as well in the next episode, which you should subscribe in the feed if you haven't already to the show. Um, but, yeah, Wayne State's going to be a fun match. They're one of the best teams in the GLIAC, mm-hmm. um, and they'll play us very competitively, uh, as they always have, regardless of records, regardless of conference standing, seeding, and, and they certainly bring a lot of firepower uh, on both sides of the net. So uh, super going to be super fun. That'll be 7 o'clock. You can find out uh, all ticket information for those coming from outside on campus. Um, students, I believe, get in free to, th- to volleyball, I want to say. I mean, I'm pretty sure they just get in free to any game. Yeah, um, anything hockey. in Wink, I think, is free. Angle Glaben's any, different. Any Division II uh, event is free. is free for students. Yeah, so it's free. So come out and support Might volleyball. Might as well show up. I mean, there's nothing else to do. Yeah, I will tell there's you. nothing else to do in Big Rapids. Yeah, I kind of guess so. The 10,000 people we have, but no That fun was surprising. Stuff. I'm not even going to lie. Did not realize we had 10,000 people in this town. We do. I think it's definitely inflated, though, from the 100%. student population. 100%. There's just because of the student. I bet it probably gets down to more like 6,000 or something like that. Oh, yeah, maybe even lower. But, probably. yeah, you know, we need more stuff. Like, they brought in the, the purple door for axe throwing. That one's, that one's, pur- that one's okay. Um, but like, you know what they should do? And I actually did a project about this in one of my classes in uh, Talk proposal your stuff, writing. Brandon. I remember this. Talk your stuff. Yes. Put mini golf in J.C. Penny. Do it. The old J.C. Penny. Yeah. Yeah. That would be a great Let's idea. Put some in there. It's wasted space yeah, right now. It's downtown. It's, it's family massive, fun. You have access now it's to a all the stores. Building. It's a massive building with a lot of square footage inside. I've been in a couple times. It is huge. You might as well. And you have more yeah, room to work get with. An arcade, like a barcade type situation. Yeah, that'd be cool. Be sick. Yeah, and you can literally draw attention to downtown. You have the building. Yeah. You got the. There's. It wouldn't be that expensive. Either. Incredible upside potential with almost no downside at all is what it is. Yeah, I mean it'll be. No, no it'll downside. be a little. It'll no be downside. No <laughs> there's downside. no downside. Uh, making the blueprint for could be a little costly as far uh-huh. as the material and building. If you wanted to make it cool. Which I mean, no, technically you don't news. even have to make it cool, you know. Like I'm talking, like you can make elevation change and bring in like fancy windmills and whatever. Oh, yeah, well, you, just... you don't even have to do. Like I did that whole project. I think it's woodwork, though. And I was like, dude, this is cool. Like we should submit this. And my professor's like, you know, it's not a bad idea. That was two years ago. I can kind of was that Professor Amadon or whatever. Yeah, Rick, shout out to Ricky, Professor Amadon. I learned Ricky. a lot from his class. I did too. So that was a fun class. But anyway, back to sports we go. We kind of delayed the inevitable, but here it comes. We lost. Tough looks. It's Tough okay looks. though. Anchor bone is no longer in our possession. It is not in our possession, and here's why that even could be better for us moving forward. That was a very good Grand Valley team, right? They're number two really in the nation good. for a reason. Me and Joe called it before. This is a game you're going to remember, obviously, mm-hmm. because it was an absolute packed game. You guys rocked the top, which was absolutely fantastic. 12,661. Holy Broke cow. Broke the record. Unbelievable atmosphere all the way around. I literally was messing with audio levels almost the entire game, and I could not get it as noticeable because the fans were so rocking. Like It was mm-hmm. very hard to judge, which is fantastic, y'all. Y'all make my job a lot harder, and I really appreciate you for that. 
but I it was an amazing atmosphere. Joe was on the field during it. I can't even Dude, imagine what was, you got to experience. I was down on the, the field when, when our team came in. That was the loudest I've ever heard Top Taggart, I think, ever. Yeah. I think, like, freshman year was, like, pretty crazy because I remember being on the field for that when they were here. But, like, excuse me, that was insane. Like, yeah. When they came on, people were booing and stuff. And then when we came on, people were rocking, like, it was crazy. It was, Not the outcome we wanted, but it's tough. Yeah, it was definitely one of those games where you knew it was going to be a dogfight. Uh, there was no there's no anticipation in my mind that this game was going to get completely out of hand uh, either direction. Uh, I think the biggest thing was, um, I mean, really, the difference in this whole game and I think altogether was our offense just slowed down. It, I don't want I want to say it was I want to say it was fully like getting too conservative because I don't I don't know if that's the, the right term to describe it that's what it felt like mm -hmm. i'm sure it wasn't like they weren't just parking the bus play calls let's try to run out the clock there's no way we were doing that yeah and you could you can tell but i think the biggest thing was they absolutely dominated the trenches especially in the late part of the second half oh for sure you could see it on the, their side of the football Tariq reed and the running backs jack preventure they were getting chunk were yardage it. especially on those killing. last two drives where they were just running all over us um, and you could just tell that they were moving the the line of scrimmage at the snap of the football. I will say this: this is both ways. The refs, terrible, terrible, terrible refings. Yeah, like I'm just that's not even because like we lost, but like there was blatant holding on both sides, and there's even oh, pictures yeah. of holding of like guys getting their face masks ripped down and just oh, yeah. no calls happening. Like there was one where. We had them back in like their fifteen on their fifteen or something like that. Jordan beat the guy to the outside and his defender just grabbed him by the arm and his jersey and just like yanked him back. And we're just like a blatant hold in front of the ref and then nobody called and I was just like I guess it's gonna be this game. But I mean you can't really do anything about it because then it's just gonna be like you just gotta at one point just deal with it, you know, mm -hmm. and just try to beat it. But it was going after the same thing. I mean, I saw a lot of blatant holes that we were doing that didn't get called. I mean, we got called on it later in the game, which was kind of baloney a little bit of bs because like if you're not going to call it all game then why call it there when yeah you know we're trying to make a game-winning drive but it's whatever one thing that i don't understand is how we dropped to seventh in the coaches poll and fourth yeah i don't know how we that's just didn't flip-flop right. that's, that's not right because we're 100 percent better than angelo stay i can tell you that much yeah and we're 100 percent. i can definitely tell you we will roll ashland pittsburgh state watch top baptist shepherd we may have a little bit of problem with but four out of the Six that are better than that are above us in the AFC coaches poll. I don't know how we're below them. Yeah, I don't know how you can drop that much, especially when you only lose twenty two to twenty one. Five and one. I mean, that's, yeah, that's really like, the only thing. If you looked at resumes on as, paper, as soon as that buy goes down, though, for all these other teams that haven't had buys, like I think, because we're the only one out of other than Ashland, we're the only teams that's had a buy so far. Yeah. So I think once that happens, we'll probably move up. But the D two uh, like actual whole d2 football were fourth so yeah i think which that makes more sense yeah i think for seven is way too low i don't know why that the coaches decided that um but i th i could understand four or three i think that makes i think that makes sense mm -hmm. i would i mean it realistically and a lot of fans mine i'm sure was like why isn't just a straight flop they go to one we go to two that makes sense uh but there's more numbers to that obviously and you have other teams that are undefeated and have played uh, pretty solid competition and have really taken care of business like Angelo State uh, and Shepard, like those teams that you just mentioned, Joe. But I think there's still I think there's still a lot of things that can make this this art this Bulldog team much better. And I think this is I think this is going to be uh, one of the one of the moments that we remember this season by. And I don't think that I'm not taking that in a bad sense or whatever. Like oh my gosh, it's a wasted season. No, not at all. They can still do a lot of great things, and we can certainly uh, get back at them uh, at Lubbers if we end up facing them in the regional game. That will be an absolute epic rematch um, if that ends up going down. Uh, in the brackets as we hope. But I think there's a lot of great things that we saw from this team as far as grit. They played hard the entire 60 minutes. And in the reality, it just really came down to they had the momentum the last 15 minutes of the game. That's really the only difference in this game. Yeah. They they moved the trenches, as mentioned. Um, overall, their defensive line, give them a lot of credit. They really gave our offensive line fits, disguised uh, blitzes, mm -hmm. uh, a lot of pressure on Malik. Um, had to force him to make some quicker throws, not as much play develop. Um, which, if we let plays develop like you saw in the first quarter, 
we can make huge plays down the field with Marcus and CJ and Tyrese and Brandon Childress and all of those guys. Because you saw those big plays early on. We had a couple big touchdowns. I thought Marcus had an amazing game in the first half. Love to see him get the ball more in the second half. Um, but obviously, we have so many talent. You got to spread the wealth around. But I thought the defense also played uh, very well. Uh, I think, I mean, we forced more turnovers on them, especially on that those fourth down and that two-point stand uh, in the second half was very crucial, uh, gave us a really good chance, but just simply kind of ran out of gas a little bit. And uh, give Grand mm-hmm. Valley credit. They're a really good football team. Uh, they brought their crowd, and, and they really they pro- they really played a solid game. I thought they really played uh, like a number two team in the country, and I mean, I mean Coach Mitchell finally got the W against us, so yeah, uh, congrats crazy. to him, I guess. Crazy that he finally got it. But I mean, when we were up twenty-one to ten, we had a chance to go up by you know, up to twenty-seven, and we just didn't do it. Yeah, like, there's a lot of times where we just had options and opportunities that we just didn't capitalize on. I think also it's just kind of like our blocking could have been a little bit better, especially like on those end-around sweeps that you know we gave to Tyrese. There was times where he only got maybe two or three yards. When usually that's one where we're able to chunk off a pretty hefty amount of yards off those kind of type of runs. You know, there was a couple underthrows from. Uh, Couple underthrows from Malik that didn't go go through all the all the best, but I mean, also Malik was still injured a little bit. He's still kind of nursing it some, but could have been better, could have been worse. Tough looks. Yeah, it could have been worse, could have been better. Uh, but it was a good football game all the way around. So uh, I thought the guys really showed a lot of great class after the game. Mm-hmm. Um, as far as our guys, uh, I thought can't they, say the same about Grand Valley. Uh, we won't talk about that. But uh, I think there was a lot of great things that we saw from those guys as not only football players but men. I thought they really handled that really well after the game. Some of the ones that I talked to, um, they were just like, "Yep, it's all. It's a football game. We're back at it." I feel really bad for Michigan Tech because. Uh, it's going to be a I think that this next game might be a uh, might be an early gonna, version of Michael Myers Halloween. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's it going to be might get ugly. It is going to get ugly pretty fast. Yeah, so seeing that, uh, yeah, it's feel bad. I feel really bad because you know came they came off a win against Northern Michigan last week, but it's going to be a. I I don't think they're ready to see what this motivated no. team. Because now we're motivated. I it, we're yeah. more motivated than we would have probably been if we won this game. To be honest, I think that's. I, yeah, 100%. I think the loss can speak more to this team more than a win, and I think this could really help build this football team uh, yeah, even sure. better going into the rest of the years. So yeah, exactly, uh, Michigan Tech next weekend. Barrett Taggart, one o'clock kickoff. Going to be fun. Get, make sure we rock the top once again. Should be nice. Probably. I hope it's going to be warmer. By what I've I heard, I think it's supposed to. Yeah. Uh, so team might, this week. So we'll see. So it'll be nicer for sure. But yeah, exactly. Anyway, speaking of weather, a little colder inside on the rink, but it was a good game uh, on Saturday for hockey. End up getting a nice bounce back win after Friday's loss. Uh, mm-hmm. Played. I, I wouldn't call it a tale of two games because it wasn't necessarily polar opposites. It's just the outcome was, you know, like <laughs> yeah, we played the, pretty solid. Your boy was on the call, Brandon. That's what I like to see. Oh, yeah. It was yeah. a fun time. Got a couple highlight reels. I mean, Stepan Picorni. Yeah. Oh, I heard your voice on the old CCHA Instagram. I did make it on the CCHA Instagram, so oh, that was pretty time. cool. But I give all the credit to Pokey for the absolute filthiest goal um, I've seen in a hot minute on the rink. Uh, that was an absolute beautiful textbook deke and you quick can hear little, my voice quick little one two Clarif- clearly clarify that on the forehand air. backhand love to see it yeah forehand backhand deke oh yeah Ma- mm-hmm. mighty duck style right there uh but no defense played phenomenal in my opinion i thought the hustle was there we were blocking shots noah giesbrick noah uh giesbrick wall as i like to call him Giesbrick-wall. nothing's getting by uh, he was fantastic. I believe he finished with a nine six seven save percentage. Only let one by. Uh, I believe I, th- I want to say in thirty tries, twenty nine for thirty for twenty nine for thirty in saves. Yeah, and the only goal was later in the th- in the third period. So mm-hmm. offense looked really good. Creative chances was the biggest thing coming in, uh, and I think they definitely did that. And I think the honestly, kind of if you dumb it down, one of the biggest things was Canisius had breakaway opportunities open looks in the first game and we reversed it we got the open looks and we got the breakaways uh we could have won this game possibly seven to one because we had a couple breakaways where uh yeah. there i mean uh Barchetsky just made a really really nice play uh when it was one-on-one in the open ice pretty much mm-hmm. like a penalty shootout um he made a couple of big saves but i mean we had a lot more opportunities going from counterattack, transitioning to the offensive zone uh and got a lot of good looks and 
couple of them we finished, a couple of them we didn't. Uh, but overall, power play, much better. We did much better on the power play, getting uh, netting one goal, um, and we did a really good job on the kill as well. So mm-hmm. overall, much better pace, much better setup hockey. Fundamentals off the faceoff looked a bunch better. Just overall, it was very good yeah. Overall, just a lot better uh, in general. I think, especially when we see what we were able to do in the second period, where we struck early and then just kind of kept the foot on the gas, is what we need to do. Uh, first period was kind of just back and forth for a little bit, and then we were able to you know get the first one on the board, which was good. But one thing we got look one one thing that you said, Brandon, is we really got to finish on the uh, on the old breakaways. Because those are a lot of times where we need to kind of be able to finish those. And, I mean, especially on Friday, Kanishas had a couple. I think they scored a shorty, right? That was – was that Kanishas or Western? I think – scored a shorty. I think it was Western. I can't remember. I remember. It, was, it was a little bit ago. But there was – I think it was Kanishas because it was unassisted. Oh, was, no. It was yeah, the I first period. Oh, it was yeah, like yeah, the yeah. first goal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know what goal you're talking it was, about. Yeah, because yes, yes, yes. mm-hmm, it was – I think it was unassisted. I don't know if it was shorthanded, but he still got a breakaway and he was able to slot it through. I think that's just the only thing we need to work on because, I mean, when uh, – who had it? Was it uh, Schleppi had the one breakaway, right? Uh, it was Matt Slick that had the one Matt on Saturday. Matt Slick had, yeah. that had one. He scored the goal and the stick. It was pretty mm-hmm. impressive, Yeah, honestly. that was pretty clean. Pretty clean. Yeah. But just little things like that where there's a lot of opportunities that we got to take advantage of is the one thing. In power plays, we did a little bit better, but still need to step up on those. I, I mean, getting that percentage up is definitely a very very high priority because I mean when you face off teams like Bemidji State later on the season Mercyhurst is a team that you know is pretty good I don't know if they, made, they didn't make the playoffs last year but they're still you know pretty good I think they're in the Hockey East or something like that or man something like, like that yeah. I forget what conference they're in but you know Minnesota State and Northern those kind of teams you're going to have to capitalize on those power play opportunities because you're not going to get a whole lot and when you are have those uh, odd man rushes or something like that you need to be able to you know slot a goal in and be able to you know, take control of the game. Yeah, for sure. Tempo was very key with a lot of these games, and I think that uh, our group of guys have done a really good job of uh, really either setting the tone or or really taking the tone um, from that improvement. I think we've seen, like, especially going into this weekend, um, like we had came into each series having won the first one, slowed down a little bit the second series, didn't make enough adjustments to their adjustments um, to lose game two. So when you saw, obviously, them take out the first game, you were like, oh, okay, this this isn't looking too good. I mean, it looked kind of flat. It was a weird game. Uh, you didn't know what was going to happen, but they came out with a vengeance. They they really did a great job adjusting, especially off the faceoff. And even though Canisius, uh, I think, technically had the faceoff split in in the, the stat sheet at the end of the game, it did not feel like it. They had won a lot of great setups off the faceoff, especially early on. Um, but I think there was, uh, I mean, you had a lot of uh, the later lines as well uh, playing uh, in those second and third periods as well. They were getting a little bit of longer shifts. Um, so you saw a little bit of those younger guys getting the experience off the draw as well against some of uh, Kanishis' higher lines. But I think still it was a lot of great, great improvement all the way around. And uh, looking to hope they build off of this week, uh, work week, and then uh, going to be CCHA play from here on out for a little while here till GLI. So mm-hmm. the Tommy's coming to sick. town. Uh, could be an opportunity for a sweep here, Joe. I mean, the Tommy's are a team we could get. Yeah, they are one of the newest teams in Division One hockey. Had their first inaugural season last year. Uh, we did give them their first win, which is kind of a sour thing, but I think we'll be able to play pretty well. We're a lot better than last year, and St. Thomas lost some of their top goal scorers to the transfer portal. They did pick up a couple. I forget who it was. I was reading up on it, I think, two or three weeks ago before the season started. But they kind of hit it pretty hard uh, as well, so they're going to be a new team that's going to be able to come in with a vengeance. Um but it's going to be a good one, I think, especially seeing, you know, against Canisius. We, the cool thing about Canisius, though, is we played against our tra- coach Trevor Large. Yep. He was uh, one of Bob Daniels' players in yeah. 2004, 2003. Yeah. The early, se- the early 2000s success that we saw from that was really cool. Very it cool. was cool to talk to him, too. I was able to get the starters from him. He was a oh, really? really cool guy. Joked nice. around. He was pretty funny. That is cool. I have heard good things, so uh, that's very cool. But, uh, yeah, going to be looking forward to that next weekend. Uh, or the following weekend, I should say, where we host St. Thomas. You can find all the tickets out. I think there might be more promos coming out. There's, mm-hmm. I give, I'm giving Ferris Athletics credit. We're getting those, we're getting those discounts for uh, us for to the fill students. the dog pound. So mm-hmm. y'all, y'all need to show up. This I'm team's a playing a lot we better. We kind of need to sweep this better. team. We need to sweep this team so that way we can get some more people in the seats for this upcoming. 
for Mercier's and Bowling Green later on. Oh, yeah, because those will be fun games for mm-hmm. sure. You can find all that information out at fairstatebulldogs.com. Moving over to soccer now. Uh, West Michigan duels over the weekend. Took on the Panthers and the Lakers. Uh, got revenge at Davenport. one nothing. Uh, the score in that one, uh, courtesy of another brace by who else? But Izzy Zamberini once again. Her, I, I can't even, her ninth of the season, I think, now. It's just on an absolute Something crazy roll. like that. Yeah, offensive player in the week. Lauren Kabaki, first win in net. Congratulations to Lauren on a fine performance. Um, they really, defense did really well. I only gave Downport five shots, only one save needed. Um, mm-hmm. On net, our defense stepped up huge in that game. We had a lot of set-piece opportunities, which was good to see. We'd love to see a little bit more success off of the set-pieces for sure. Um, which we saw a free kick later in the Grand Valley game, which was clutched by who else, of course, but Izzy Sambrini once again. But I think it was a really, I mean, Davenport wanted to play physical in that Davenport game. We didn't have to play physical. We were playing with very good pace, uh, and I think we were looked very sound offensively and defensively, um, taking care of possession. Uh, there was a couple times where we could could have been a little bit better, but I think all the way around, uh, I think it was much improvement. But, uh, I mean, the Grand Valley game, it was absolutely great to see us end up getting this game mm-hmm. into a draw. Uh, I mean, the Grand Valley game uh, earlier this season was just an absolute dogfight, and to see them go on top in what looked to be a very similar game, you were kind of concerned that the game was just going to kind of mm-hmm. stale itself out not like in a bad way but it was just going to be just it was going to be so so tight that you weren't sure but uh is he's able to score on the free kick um to tie this one once again we'll just wait and see uh a potential gliac postseason for um the the all for all trifecta of a rematch which we ended up winning last year mm-hmm. um so it'll be fun but very even across the stat sheet uh, I mean, great game, I thought, and net by Daria. Uh, she played very well with five saves um, on a lot of shot opportunities. I believe they had 14. Uh, we did have 12, but I think we overall had uh, a little bit more off target mm-hmm. as compared to them. You know um, I mean, nine, uh, 75% of the shots came from one person. So. No, that is true. So you are seeing the offense being a little... A little heavy on... I mean, yeah, that's what... That's what but it's getting your best your yeah, best I players mean, a chance to that's score. That's what Henson said, though. He's like, he doesn't really want it to, you know, always just be the Izzy show where she's just taking shots because well, if, if you get used to that, then it's just going to be teams are just trying to find a way to shut her down. And right. then that's kind of how the offense is going to fall apart. So spreading around the shots is kind of going to be the important thing. But still, the BLC that we have someone who can just generate offense just by herself is a pretty valuable thing. But spreading it around is probably going to be the, the big the big goal for this week. Yeah, it's a tool that you have love to have in your toolbox, but you don't want it to be the go-to you don't tool be your favorite, that you grab out of the box. You, know? you, you don't want, want to be mean? the old reliable. Yeah, exactly. It's a good thing to have for later, but it's not yeah. something you got to just like the SpongeBob jellyfish every each that, and every you know? game. So, uh, yeah, I I would absolutely agree. But I thought these were uh, I thought it was a really solid weekend. Four points, obviously nothing nothing to be ashamed of for sure. I mean, getting revenge on Davenport uh, and able to draw against a nationally ranked Grand Valley team mm-hmm. certainly a good. Huge uh, for the program. Yeah, so uh, going to be a big weekend this upcoming weekend. Friday, Michigan Tech coming to town. This was a team we beat at Houghton. Uh, this will be at 1 o'clock on Friday. Uh, we'll kind of preview that more on Thursday. Uh, or, excuse me, Friday morning's episode that will be recorded Thursday. Uh, and then a big one, Sunday, Northern Michigan at 1 o'clock. Yours truly has somehow found his way to get on the call once again. Uh, redemption tour for myself. Going to call the yes, Wildcats game. Joe will be with me uh, to do stats and more. Yeah, I won't I, be on the call, but I'll be there. Yeah, he'll be my. Maybe he'll maybe be, I can maybe I can coax Robin to be like, Yo, let me hop on the mics. Oh, I would love that. Can we make this happen, please? Rob Harrison, are we listening? Well, see, I don't know. The where dream Rob's team. Be. I might have to do stats. I don't know. Oh yeah, the dyna- the the dream team needs to get together. I I need to figure out uh, the nicknames. Maybe one day, one of these days. If Harrison's like sick or something, we'll just be the tandem for uh hockey? for hockey. Who knows? Could you imagine that? That'd be pretty sick. I'm not gonna Oof, That would be. I would need a lot of things to learn for sure on how that process goes. But uh, that was a, that was a great opportunity as well. But I got to think of like the 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 team names for because I think you and me are the dream team. 
and the I, dream team. And then me and Nico for basketball are the dynamic duo. But I yeah, keep exactly. flipping them backwards because obviously, uh, for those who haven't uh, got, seen the Nico episode, you need to go watch that. That was cool. Uh, me and him working together in PA um, and game ops for basketball and a lot of the good sports. Uh, Nico does a great job. Um, we always are at the table together, working together on calling and uh, all the, the, the game producing and stuff. Uh, and then there's me and Joe, obviously, the dream team that make this podcast happen. Uh, and we do it with, I think, I think we do a pretty good job. Would you say? I mean, I'd say so. How many like total views and listens do we have? You think uh, it's climbing? Let me climbing. tell you what. I think that the uh, the fan the the overall listener support that we got last week was phenomenal with mm-hmm. Brad and obviously having Caleb and Ray talking about Grand Valley. Obviously, a uh, little bit more heightened in the moment, but uh, yeah, you guys did a great job of being able to to boost our ratings, and they're even going even more up now. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think I want to say that we've. Oh, we've definitely upped the listener rate. I want to say somewhere in the ballpark of uh, just a percent or a percentage. I think we're up by I want to say like twenty to thirty or twenty five percent. Loving what increase. we're seeing. So I that's Loving just from what we're seeing. That's just from basic math. That's what from you a like to see. Major, so. That's what you like to see right there. But you guys are awesome. Make sure you check us out on all the platforms you haven't already, as well as YouTube. We're posting our best bits there. Uh, Joe made a crazy. Uh, claim about Kansas last week. That's the latest one. It so was you can true. check that out. No, it was true it was for not. a little bit. No, it was not. It was true for a little bit. It was because it was reaffirmed by them actually getting ranked in the top twenty. And yeah, they, and they proceeded uh, to lose yeah, two yeah, in a row. Yeah, but yeah, it, you yeah, know, yeah. it is what it is. It was yeah. a great bit, so you can check that out on YouTube. And we love to see all those views and more. And uh, Coach Hodges' episode went off on YouTube as well. That's pretty sick. That was like 120 views or something. Yeah, everybody loved listening to that one. So. Uh, when you have a D two coordinator of the year on the show, you get some. Usually, you get some people. Usually, listens. get some people listening. Absolutely. That's what like to so, see. But anyway, we're gonna take a quick break. When we come back, we're talking darts. Stay tuned. The MBSP is proud to partner with the people of Eagle Village Incorporated. With over fifty years of experience helping on changing the lives of youth. There are opportunities for you to be the next to make a direct impact, including plenty of positions available, including summer staff, internships, and more. For more information. Visit EagleVillage.org. Eagle Village, where potential source. Welcome back after the break, everybody. Gonna hop into some darts now. Brandon, Ooh. I didn't realize doing my research here that darts is crazy big across the pond. Oh, I didn't yeah. even realize that. It's like literally up there with soccer and cricket as far as like the most popular sports in mm-hmm. all across yeah. Europe. I knew that was kind of big because Ted Lasso thing, like everybody was like into darts. And I just like, oh, yeah. I would have never guessed. Yeah, like I feel like darts over over across the pond is like our equivalent to like I wouldn't call it like pool for example, but it's, it's like, like a go to it's the go to pub game. It's like yeah. hands down, not even close comparison. Well, billiards over there is pretty big too. I it mean, is pretty big. Pub popular. games over there are pretty pretty huge. I think. Yeah, right? they are much bigger across the pond than they are here. But mm. especially comparison of like yeah, anybody could go play in a pub and be that good, and then I'm. Um, even going professional from that. You don't see like that as much from yeah. from our standpoint here in the US. But no, I think darts is one of those sports where it's like people probably have never watched it, which is fair. It's honestly fair. Uh why would you watch it, for mm-hmm. example? But it's like one of those where you you come across it on the Ocho, for example, and and then you like just see how like intense the game is and you're like wow, yeah, this is an incredible to, game. There are some sick nicknames. There is James the Machine Wade. He's yep. fifth in the the boys are back in town as walk ups. I like how they, they list their walk on so Oh yeah. That's pretty Peter sick. Snake Bite, right? Dude. That's a good one. Gerwin the Iceman Price. Ooh. Dude. Slick. How are these so cool? Yeah. These are such cool nicknames. Yeah. It was um the the legendary uh, Phil Gerwin Taylor that the retired. Iceman Price. He had won the most world titles. I believe his nickname was the Power, and then his walk up was and it was just Johnny the Ferret Clayton. Just that was made in heaven. That but, was not as cool. I'm not gonna lie. No, but I mean, it's still. I guess that's the thing. Is like it gets so. There's so many good ones that there's at so many some good point, ones at the they're good all ones. taken. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so no, I think it's really cool. Like especially like the whole the rock star that is clean. The rock star. I think it's so cool because there's all these different. Like you have the whole professional darts corporation, the PDC, that runs all of these tournaments. There's the pro tour, the European tour. There's all these different tours, uh, very similar to. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
uh, like uh, disc golf, for example, there's all these tier levels yeah. uh, based on um, overall ability and uh, uh, experience as well. Uh, but it's just like one of those where you're like, man, there's literally like all these premier players playing at all these different tournaments. And it's like somebody new wins almost every different tournament. It's That's crazy. Just, it's just crazy to me. But I found the best nickname. What is it? Dirk Titan. Van. I don't know how to say his last name. <laughs> it's some German thing. Yeah. But dude. That's a sick nickname. I think he won. Titan? Yeah. I would not want to face a guy named Titan when I'm playing darts. Titan, yeah. There's also the dart selection and the flights, which are the the little like uh, yeah, plastic Yeah, I noticed feathers. that. I noticed that too. Like those are customized depth. Fire. Yeah, there's so many different types. I was very surprised to see the variation because it's like you play like uh I keep going to disc golf for example, but like every disc is the same like size overall different they're like yeah there's honestly the like tiny the differences and maybe just a little bit in diameter uh like as far as rim angle uh mm-hmm. depth as far as inside the rim yeah um from that center plate uh you have like those little variations but like darts is like even more like critique like you have different grips you have uh, different stocks you have all these different flights that you can use just based on your throwing motion it's like a whole thing down to science and mm-hmm. it's like one of those like man i would love to see like i'm sure the only way that there isn't it's probably like, different like angles of what the feathering is at you know yeah yeah exactly like there's all these different different modifications you can use i would love to see like uh john brankus come on and talk about the differences in throwing sports different science. flights and darts. Yes. Bring back sports science, please. That was the greatest show I watched. The difference is crazy awesome. to see the difference in earnings between number one and like number 40. Because number one's at like 1.2 million mm-hmm. and then 40 is at like 112,000. Yeah. Is that, is that in euros difference. or USD? Sorry. Yeah. Uh, euros. Euros. Okay. I was so like, whoa, USD. What make, what's whoa. more valuable now? Is it the euro or is it the dollar? Uh, I think the it's more euros to a dollar. I want to say. I think it, yeah, it's uh, what is it? One euro is point or is ninety eight cents, so it's like very, very close. It's yeah, basically the same thing. Yeah, pretty much. But in in that case, you said what, like a hundred or a one point two million? It's a, like a one point one million difference. Yeah, you're, or wait, because uh, forty has one hundred and twelve thousand dollars or whatever value. Number forty is Martin Clear, Martin Clearmaker at one hundred twelve thousand dollar value. And then Peter, that'd be like one point one. Peter Snakebite Wright is at one point two million dollars in value. Yeah, so that would be like one point one seven million yeah. USD, which is pretty impressive if you if you look at it in that perspective. Pretty respectable. Just for, not gonna lie. Just for you know, throwing some darts. At a it's dart funny board. when like they're playing because it's like dead silent and it's like need a triple twenty. He hits it and everybody <laughs> goes crazy. Ah! And like they're like going like nuts and stuff like that. Yeah, that's insane. To Underrated me. announcer calls. Darts, 100%. The way that they contribute to the game, and this was something like, obviously over like COVID, is well, where I mean, I've that's, really that's gotten to these yeah. sports altogether, where like you'd, I would like go on YouTube and I'd be bored or whatever, and I got a dartboard for Christmas that year, of course, because I was mm-hmm. like, yeah, of course, I would love to play darts or whatever. I used to play at my brother's house all the time. And you see all these different games and all these different announcers, and I was like, you don't see like the complimentary... Uh, especially with the the callers, the people that are on the microphone, yeah. or whatever. But like they like bring so much, just absolute entertainment to the game altogether for how it's great talent, it is. Really. Yeah, it's it's extremely talented. Like we have PA announcers in like soccer and all these other sports and whatever. They they obviously add to the game, like especially the good ones, uh, and like for like uh, obviously uh, with like football, you got the you know that's an Isabella Bank first down, but like it's not it's like one of those every so often where like the callers are significantly impacting like every single set, like it's yeah. it's so consistently bringing to the entertainment experience. Like as a fan, it's like yeah, that's what I absolutely want, and that's why people show up to these things, and they literally pack these event centers. To watch screens, because there's no way you're literally 400 rows up in a balcony and you can see this little tiny circle on a wall full of sponsors all around yeah, it, and no you can way. see that. You're watching just straight the TV, but you want to be there because it's that intense. Dark crowds, yeah. oh my gosh, next level. Guess the first triple 20. Can I get the second? Can I get the third? That's oh! insane. There's one, I think it was with, uh, what's his name? Uh, I literally watched it the other day. It was the bald guy. Van Gerwen. Yeah. Mighty, Mighty Mike. Mike. Yep. He had one where like he had to hit like he needed 
two different ones where he had to get triple 20s or whatever, or like three triple 20s. Yep. And he got like the first one, and he was just like, cool. And then after the second one or whatever, like he had to get three triple 20s, and the next time he threw, he needed to get another triple 20 to win or something like that. Dude was insane. Yeah, I remember seeing his – The probably people have probably seen it, but they probably haven't like seen it is when he had – uh, I like he had 17 consecutive. Uh, he had 17 consecutive, quote unquote, perfect darts. He hit 180, 180, and then the 141 to check out nine darts, which is 17 his, perfect darts. Yes, he had 17 perfect. He almost had two consecutive perfect legs. Almost That's crazy. E- exactly. How many throws? Never did been get? done. How, how many throws is a perfect game? Uh, a perfect game. Well, yeah. it depends though because if you're every playing, what is it, three hundred or whatever that you got to go down. Five hundred one. Five hundred one. Five hundred one's the number. So the perfect, the quote unquote perfect leg is a nine dart, which you can. That's the minimum that you can get it in is nine, where mm-hmm. you have one eighty, one eighty, and then a one four one. Or there's like other variations too, where you can go like uh one eighty, one seven seven, the one four four, for example. Like it's it's just a big math game, which also is a big part of darts that I never really realized is like yeah, you gotta learn how to do math on the fly because uh, there's a lot of different combinations you can do and you find those preferences too like every player also throws differently it's like yeah you yeah. have the the generic ones of yeah you go 180 180 141 or whatever but then there's guys that are like I only want to check out a double 16 or a double 18 or a double 20 or whatever a double 12 like they everybody has their own like they have their own number they're shooting for mm-hmm. as far as trying to finish with you know it's, it's cool the, to see the form that some people throw it because i'm watching a video right now of van gerwin throwing and he like leans way into it yeah and goes he's crazy. got a big lean oh that's uh, too cold I mean, he's got a big lean and some people just kind of stand straight up yeah yeah like there's uh gary anderson's one that i watched where he's the very very momentum driven where he'll like he'll find like once he finds it, then he just goes to it and he just starts just absolutely unleashing like 180 after 180, and he'll just get on fire. The Dude's only, a gamer, really. Yeah, he's a, he's an absolute gamer. I love watching him play as well. But the enthusiasm too uh, is definitely like a huge aspect. Like Gerwin Price, for example, is one of those guys that's very high intense. Like he'll he'll let you know when he's on fire. You know, like he'll lead lay out he'll, he'll get, the he'll crowd. Get he'll get you going a little bit. Yeah, gets he's, the people going. Yeah, <laughs> he gets. <laughs> oh my gosh! I was not looking. For, I was not prepared for that reference show this morning. Uh, no, yeah, but I think it's definitely a cool game that people should check out. Like if you're just it's sitting a, on the it's couch, a fun game of darts. Got man. your homework done? Just go check out some of the best like dart combos, the best dart finishes, and I don't we think got, you'll be disappointed. We got a dart board in our game room of my cottage. Yeah. It's pretty fun, not gonna lie. No, it is. I, I haven't. I'm not like crazy. I'm not like crazy good, but I'll hit like I can't hit like triple twenties on a win, but like I'll be able to like, all right, I'm gonna hit the twenty here. Yeah, and I'll be able to hit it. And every once in a while, I'll be able to like go around the board, but like yeah, a fun thing to do is like you gotta hit like every one in a row or whatever. Like you go around around the world. Yeah, around yeah, the world. I've played that one a couple times. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that one's fun. Yeah, I always love playing like those other variation games. Like there's like cricket is one of those two where it's gotta be. Uh, in a certain order, for example, mm-hmm. uh, there's a there's a version called like uh, baseball. I don't exactly know how that one works. Uh, I know it has some here. sort of variation with like uh, you have to try to get four of something or whatever to signify getting around the bases or whatever. But I'm all not these totally guys sure are peak is. male performance, though. I'll tell you that. Yeah, Michael Bully Boy Smith. <laughs> Michael Bully Boy. They, it that guy looks scary. I would not want to run into him. He's got tattoos all over him. He That's does. Sick. He's, he's a gamer, though. They're all gamers. That's They're all just players, Anybody man. can win on any given day, and that's one of the things I They're like so much about uh, like darts and disc golf and golf all together is there's a new champion almost every tournament. Yeah, and, that's true. And, and that's really cool. Obviously, you have the the favorites, the guys that win two or three out of the year, and they'll win the world championships, like the the, the Peter Wrights and the Michael Van Gerwens of the, the darts world. Uh, but you still have a lot of those variations of different players, but... No, it's super cool. I think darts is a really fun game. I think it's one that uh, people like try the first time and they're like, I don't know what I think of this. And then you're like, oh yeah, I kind of want to keep it playing. Hooked on it. So yeah, I got hooked on it after uh, when I got a board, my first board for Christmas and I was probably down there. Oh gosh. I was literally throwing some days until like my arm started to hurt because yeah, exactly. I just wanted to get so good at it. And uh, I would say like my hand, if I had like a an average round handicap, it's somewhere around like the the 50 to 60 range so like that'd be my average go around mm-hmm. on the board which isn't bad like it could be better uh but then these pros are averaging 100 and i'm just like 
No, Dude, I, no we, I can't. <laughs> I think we crazy. need to find, like, just go to break real quick and try to find our top five best nicknames out of all these guys. Oh, I got and some. And then bring it back. Because there's a couple that I've found that have been pretty sick. Okay. I think there there's that a couple. Cool. I um Let's see here. We have to go in order. Because I can name five right now, but I don't know if, like, I could go through the entire order, for example. Well, I mean, not the entire thing, but, like, I found, like, three that are just like, yeah, that's the one. Yes. I like Gary Anderson's The Flying Scotsman. That one's cool. I, I, I don't know why that one's just very. That's sick. That one is just We can just go very, through right now. And very clean. Uh, let's see. Luke Humphreys. Cool hand Luke Humphreys. That's a you good one. You know it's a good nickname when your name's actually in there. That's yes. how you know you're good. That's when you know it's good. Um, German giant Gabriel Clemens. <laughs> that's I a mean, good he one. hasn't won any titles at all, but tough. I mean, he's still 22 in the world. That's pretty sick. Yeah, there's a nicknames quiz online, and I don't, I don't even want really? to. I don't want to take it. I couldn't imagine people knowing like 70, 80, 90, 100 players' nicknames. Chris Hollywood Doby. That's a good one. Hollywood. Uh, Hollywood. Yeah, was the uh, the Hurricane Kim the Hurricane Hybrix. That's a good one. Yeah, I want to know how they. I, I want to know how they get or like how they develop these nicknames. I'm sure there's significance behind them. I would Ma- have to matters say. Latvian Razmataz Razma. That what? is so cool. You repeat that last one. Matters Latvian Razmataz Razma. Wow. That is so cool. How long do you think it took to develop that nickname? Well, I mean, his last name is Razma, so they're like probably like, No, but like the flow of it. Like the the whole thing is literally alliterative. Well, not alliterative, but uh Oh, gosh, I don't know what the word is. Not like the same the same sounding. It's not alliteration. It's the other word. I cannot think of it mm. right now, but you know what I mean. Jermaine the Machine Gun Wadamena. That's, that's a, so cool. That's a good one. Uh, what are some other ones? Uh, there's... Uh, you click on a random one. Nathan the Asp Aspinall. I don't exactly know what that Andy, is. Andy the X Factor Bolton. <laughs> the X Factor. That's a creative one, I would Throws say. Up the X, yeah. Like, that's just, that's so cool. Oh, Jim Williams doesn't have one. That sucks. Oh, uh, girl, I like Gerwin Prices a lot. The Iceman. Gerwin, yeah, Gerwin, Gerwin Prices. Man pretty Price. clean. Yeah. What's it, Michael Van Gerwin's again? Mighty Mike. Mighty Mike. Yes. Too clean. It's simple. Too yeah. Clean. He, clean, he takes care of business. Oldie but a goodie, really. Yes, exactly. Oldie but a goodie. There's a lot of other good ones too. I I think there's we can't that, this you is can undisputed spend a whole undisputed darts has the coolest nicknames in all sports. Oh, I would say absolutely. Darts has the coolest nicknames. Absolutely. Like they're they're developed into everything. Like anything any tournament you go to, you are going to see uh oh, Simon the Wizard was Whitlock. That's one I just thought of. That came off my head. Oh, um, cool. But that one's cool. Uh but I think yeah, it's one of those sports where creativity is so uh is so widely regarded within the sport altogether. Like we don't talk about nicknames in the NFL. We don't talk about and where like we do, like it's Dame time in the NBA yeah. or whatever. Well, it kind of just or, depends on how good the player is. Like yeah. you got the cheetah for Tyreek and stuff, but Yeah, you have nicknames, but they're not even close in use in usage rate compared to darts. Yeah. Like you refer to them like if you're like, oh yeah, how you feeling about the machine this week? You're like what the? Are you talking about the karaoke machine? Yeah, like what? What, what do you mean? Like no, 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 no. Like we're we're talking about James Wade. You're like, oh yeah, yeah. I'm betting on him for sure. He's got it. He's got he's got his hands down. He's like got he's got this. He's he's absolutely dialed in. He plays well at this place or whatever. Where it's like that's just a a like a carried on common thing that you have within the the culture of the darts community mm-hmm. is they re, like refer to that stuff like it's like it's your name. It's like, wait, what? <laughs> it's not your name, though. Like, Cool Hand Luke. Yeah, that one does technically have their name in it. But, like, imagine being called Cool Hand Luke when you're walking to a gas station to get gas, for example. It's like, wait, it's not my closest friend. It's a complete stranger calling me by this yeah. name. Like, what's going on? But it's much different in their culture as opposed to ours. I think it's really cool. I think it brings a unique uh, our, uh, element of customization and personalization uh, that darts has that a lot of sports don't have. I think it's cool. Yeah, it's pretty sick. Yeah, and you can make, they have cool shirt designs too, if you've mm, ever seen those. That's true. Like Gerwin uh, Price has like that, He's got like the like a black shirt that has like the like a, an icy gradient to like a like a really light blue and stuff like they can like the whole thing they can literally customize everything 
down to a T. Too clean, really. With their, yeah, with their nickname, with their style, you know. Like, just the whole, like, element of creating this this really unique uh, persona for each player is so unique. And I think mm-hmm. that's cool. And I think it's something that it'd be kind of cool, like, if you had those kind of things in other sports, too. Like, you have, like, obviously a lot of the NBA players and NFL, uh, and uh, MLB players that have their own custom cleats, their own custom shoes, uh-huh. you know. Like, you have those kind of personalized things where you get your own shoe and those sort of things. But, like having the whole setup custom to you and your persona like that's unique you know like peter wright has literally the colorful mohawk and has a design literally design or like like in it like tattooed and on the side of his head to go with the hair and then he'll have a coordinated shirt and then he'll have a coordinated dart set like it's just like a whole like all out classic homecoming spirit wear kind of vibe but it's on the professional scale in front of thousands and thousands yeah, of you people you don't see that all that often no you never sick. see that so i think darts is really unique and i encourage people to check it out because it's an underrated sport yeah and that's why we covered it it's undercovered underrated we bring them to light on this show thanks to joe Nagy i will Swiss. say this they have a pretty clean website like compared like to like it. all the I other like stuff the that we looked at like this is pretty cool yeah i like the website like I don't know. You just kind of got to look at it and you'll see what I'm talking about. Yeah. I think it's set up really nice. That's what I'm saying. Web Design 224 taught me all these elements. Mm -hmm. Look at these grids. Look Look at these these overlays. Oh, my gosh. Pretty insane. Yeah. Look at, oh, my gosh. Hotkeys. Oh, man. We're in. Uh, We should probably end the show. (laughs) We're on start talking about this web design, Brandon. Oh, my gosh. Look at all of these pictures. Anyways, thanks for listening. (laughs) Thank you all for listening. Make sure to subscribe. Uh, whatever podcast platform you're on, one of the 10 that we're on as well, plus YouTube. Uh, you can follow us at the MBSP on Instagram and Twitter for all me and Joe's banger tweets and posts. You can follow along with Ferris State Athletics there as well as all the other notable sports uh, around the town and all the big news. Uh, so you can check all that out and follow along for more. Our followership is getting boosted heavily, so we would appreciate mm-hmm. your adage as well. We're making this better for y'all. So help us make it better for y'all. Rachel. Yes, sir. Take care, everybody.